Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and I've got with me my friend Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is 2023, and I know that for weeks, maybe months, I'll still be writing 2022 on things. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, my phone takes care of most of those, and I don't know, one of these days... No, I'm just getting older and older, so I'll continue to have problems with that. But maybe you don't. Maybe you are one of those guys that automatically write 2023. You're so excited about the new year. I know there's a lot of exciting things on the docket for for us as a family. My daughter will actually graduate this year Wow! from Central Baptist College. Uh, now, it'll be December, and she's going to, I think, December 9th is going to be the date for that. We're all excited about it. But, you know, how about you, Chris? What have you got coming up in 2023 that you're excited about? Oh, man. The question is, what is not happening in 2023? Excuse me, um, that I'm not excited about. Is that their question? Did I say that right? Uh, I have have no idea. (laughs) Uh, Well, my family and I, we're going to Disney World in in, uh, the end of January. So I don't know when this is going to release, probably mid-January maybe. So we'll be close to getting ready to go to to Disney World. So we gave that as a Christmas gift to our boys and we're very excited about that. I've been a couple of different times. One when my son was a tiny little dude. Uh, Then we went again in 2009 when my wife finished her master's degree. It was an opportunity to celebrate. And then one more time with a, a, a family friend and their kids in uh, 2013 and kind of thinking I'd like to go back. I know I'm I'm an old man with kids that are grown, but it's a cool little place. A lot Absolutely. of fun for the family. and Yeah, you can get on one of those little motorized scooters, man, and I'm nobody not, would think anything. I'm not quite that old. <laughs> I feel hey, it. Listen. <laughs> After after spending you know eight hours there, and I see somebody on one of those, I mean, like I, I have no shame. I would get one in a heartbeat and ride it around, but then I'd feel bad because I'd probably be the one guy that got the last one, and then <laughs> some old lady would need it, and I, that would be shameful. So I just walk. You know, our our first time that we went, I, I just remember seeing all of the the strollers. Now the strollers that you could rent from them that had like two spots, big old monster yeah. things, and yeah, and it was perfect for us because of the age of my son and his cousin that went. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great place, a lot of fun. You may have your own opinions about Disney and some of the things that they do, but man, it's a it's a stretch to find a place where you can have as much fun as a family. Um, so it's a it's a great great place. Yeah, well, clear. one of the things that we want to do, and we always do, is to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. It's challenging, engaging, and inspiring. And as I mentioned, my daughter's going to graduate in December of 2023. We're excited for her. 
We're excited for all of the students. Uh, a lot of the students that she started with will be finishing up this May. Um, and then a few others will be going a little bit longer. You know, I crammed four years of college into five myself. Um, there are a lot of folks that do that. And it, really, it's it's hard to get through that process now uh, with as many things as they want you to, to do. But man, my time at Central was a, a great time. I spent a lot of a lot of moments with people, developed relationships, and learned about God and His Word. And so have your students check out cbc.edu, that's Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas. Uh, if you need information, man, reach out to them at cbc.edu. Well, Chris, we have been talking about retreats. Last time we talked about the value of retreats and really what a retreat is, in comparison to a D-Now weekend, a conference, you know, a lot of different things that we take our students to that we care about and we want to invest in, uh, but a retreat can be something different. So before we get into the logistics of retreats, and we're going to, I know that sounds like a boring phrase, but man, it's important um, that and some of the content issues that we're going to look at today, uh, remind our listeners what a retreat is and how it differs from, say, one of those other things that I mentioned? Yeah, so, well, I would say that a retreat is just an intentional time away uh, as a group in order to unplug from what is just the normal way of life, Um, specifically to unplug from technology, uh, to just to get away, and in order to, to see things, to see life and just the things in front of us, um, a little bit cl- uh, more clearly. And uh, and I know that that kind of thing can happen at a conference. I know it can happen at a D-Now weekend. I think what sets a retreat apart is is actually what we're going to be getting into today a little bit is the logistics, you know, like the location and, and where it's going to be and and just how you how you think about the time spent in that place. Uh, so I would I would say that it, it is different in that way from from a conference or um, even from a from a D-Now weekend. A D-Now weekend, in my opinion, normally is happening. Um, I've seen it happen in different ways in, in retreats top form, but uh, most of the time it's happening maybe within home groups, you know, inside of your, you know, maybe at your church. Um, it's not really a getting away as far as a location as much as it's just, hey, let's, let's center in on this particular theme or topic. Um, really dive deep, and they're, and they're great. I, I love D-Nows. They have a great place for, I think, discipleship development. Uh, but retreat tends to be just a little bit more intentional when it comes to unplugging. Yeah, and I love that. We we are big fans of of church camp. We're big fans of conferences, of D-Now weekends, of, of all of those things, because they're just different ways that you can get your students focused in on their relationship with Christ, with other believers, um, and I think that it's important for us, I think it's important for us to to know that we just want to give you resources and ways to uh, kind of deepen your toolbox, you know, have different things that you can use as you work with your students. Because some of these things aren't a fit for every single youth group. It's not like, okay, to have a great youth group, you got to have a retreat, a camp experience, a conference experience, <laughs> and then weekly teaching you know what? Your youth group may look really different from that. And right now, my youth group at this church where I serve is a little bit different. So having some of these things doesn't make as much sense, but a retreat is a very valuable thing. And so we wanted to spend some time with it 
focused in on, on how it could be valuable. And that's what we did last time. And today we want to talk about the logistics of the retreat. And so what are those things that you need to think about? What do you need to be intentional about as you prep for a retreat? And so there's a, a wide range of things and uh, concerns. And so, Chris, let's hop right into that. What do, what do you got for us today? Well, the first thing that I would I would say um, is think about your personnel. Think about people who, who you need who are going to be there. And, and I would I would start with who's going to be speaking to your students. You know, um, I've done it to where I'm the speaker, you know, it's just a different location and I'm speaking, I'm preaching to them on different occasions. But most of the time in a retreat setting, I try to find somebody who is a a trusted, a trustworthy voice, someone I I, I admire and and want. And so I start with a speaker and I lock in who that speaker is going to be. I think that also uh, when you have that person locked in, it, it helps you be able to promote the retreat a little bit better saying, Hey, we're not only going to be at this location, but here, here's who's going to be there with us. Mm, to speak. Yeah. So start. So that's, that's probably number one, I would say, and then start working through um, another list of personnel of people that you need on site to make your job just a little bit easier. Right. Um, so when you get students away into a retreat type setting, the first thing you need to think about in my opinion is food. How are, like, because those kids are going to be hungry. They're going to, they're going to be, um, they're going to have more time. Well, I say more time. They're, they're going to have, uh, seemingly more time because you're taking away their devices. Necess- you know, you're, you're unplugging as we've already talked about. And so the days are going to stretch and, and listen, right now, my boys are on Christmas break from school and the days are long. And when they are home and it seems like hours stretch, what do they normally do? They want a snack. They want to get, you know, and so it's just something about, you know, sitting in, I guess what we say, maybe boredom or just what seems like extra time, man, our, our bellies start rolling. So all that said, you get a bunch of teenagers away in a place like that, they going to want to eat. So one of the, one of the best people I've got lined up for our retreat that's coming up is one of our, one of our moms who loves hospitality, loves the kitchen. And and I knew I had the right person uh, whenever she sent me a full menu of the whole weekend. She said, here's what we can do on each of these meals. And I was like, that is great. And, uh, and then it's just a matter of maybe plugging in some people around her to help her within that that situation. So don't be afraid to ask other church members, say, hey, listen, get involved. You know, this is a great place uh, when you think about personnel to not just get parents involved, but to get other church members, you know, um, I like to think, and I have been thinking recently about, you know, are there any empty nesters in our, in our church that would seemingly just fit right in and would have maybe a little extra time to dedicate just coming up there for a day and just spending in the kitchen or spending around kids, you know, and just kind of being quote unquote fill-ins, if you will, just, you know, and, and being present. Um, because that's the other thing when you think about personnel, it's not just the speaker, it's not just who's, who's cooking the food and who's managing the kitchen and all that kind of thing. But you need to think about just other adult presence because you're getting teenagers away into a remote location and it doesn't need to just be you and them. It doesn't, and you you need, you need adult supervision and um, to be able to go to certain people and say, Hey, listen, I just need more adult eyes 
on kids during this weekend. Would you be willing to just come and and enjoy the weekend with us with the only responsibility of just being another adult presence there? And 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 most of the time people find that idea, even some that haven't ever volunteered in student ministry before, I think find that a little bit of a liberating to say, oh, okay, that, that's all that's required of me. I can come and enjoy, you know, a time away um, with, you know, in a retreat setting. And then I know I'm speaking kind of fast, but as I think about other personnel, I would also, and this probably should go up a little bit on the list, I would think about small group leaders. Um, yeah. I would think about people that you want to um, intentionally walk with your students through the weekend in a small group setting. And, and as you think about that, try to, try to truly keep those small groups small. So like if you're expecting 20 kids there and, and, you know, and it's split down the middle, which rarely happens where you've got 10 guys and 10 girls, don't necessarily think that you just need two small group leaders. Um, I would say, try to go for, try to go for four, you know, try to split those groups even smaller, try to get a group of five guys and another five guys, and then two groups of five on the girls. And so you, so you can get to a true small group. If you can get closer to that three to five people in a group, I would even say three to four, I think you have a, a lot better uh, opportunity for kids to open up and to be yeah. able to share about maybe what they're hearing, what's going on in life, and just just all that good stuff. So think about people who would be good in that setting. Not people who would just run the show, but people who would be good at leading the conversation in order for kids to open up and, and to share. So we could probably think about more personnel, but yeah, that, that's what I've got. Dan, do you have anything you'd add to that list? Well, there's a couple of things. One, don't forget about maybe some of the, and I, I know I'm, I'm doing a big brushstroke here, but ta- think about the, the widow women that are in your church that could easily make things, desserts yeah. or others, and if you're not the one coordinating the food and you've got somebody else, so hopefully they're going to pull some of those people in, but it's a great way. They want to provide snacks, goodies, yeah. all those things that we get at those church fellowship meals. Yeah. Hey, they're going to want those. That's right. And, and then, then I would say as a follow-up, uh, you know, remember some of the things that I think we've talked about before when you're looking at volunteers, think about people who are going to be able to be there and allow teenagers to be teenagers, mm-hmm. um, but still can hold a, a line of authority. So the, it's a fine line, and you have to think about these people because the wrong sponsor, especially in that type of role, um, where they're just kind of another set of eyes, could be detrimental to your ministry if you're not careful. And mm-hmm. so you want to think prayerfully about who you're going to have and come and be a part of that. So just a, some thoughts there. That's right. No, that's so good, man. That's so good. You know, just a, just a small note here, because this does deal with logistics, is do your best, especially if you're going to a, a location that you've never been to before, um, try your hardest to get there before the event, like not not just a day before, but go scout it out. Figure mm, out yeah. what the arrangement's going to be like. So, you know, if you're going to have a mixed crowd of guys and girls there, you want to make sure that you're able to you know, set up the the sleeping arrangements and all of that in an appropriate way. Don't just assume that this location is going to be be good. I, I would say too, like there's a lot of, especially in Arkansas, I mean, where we are, you know, there's a lot of retreat type centers that have big cabins and things like that. Um, it's probably not wise to put all of your teenagers in one cabin that has, you know, 10 bedrooms and three bathrooms. 
Um, and so that, that obviously gets to a, another level of, of the conversation of just thinking about how to set that up, but try to find you a location where you're, you're able to split that, split your groups up um, and, and have a, a guy's house or a girl's house or however that looks. I think that's just common sense, but I wanted to at least say it. Hey, it's some of those common sense things that we can get very excited about the retreat and who's speaking and what we're going to cover and we forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, we just parent, to, or we just try to cut costs and we're like, we I try to, well, yes, we can make it work. <laughs> no, but parents care work. about those details. They do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so. one thing I heard you talk about talking, you've talked about personnel and this kind of falls into content. It kind of falls into um, logistics uh, worship. Do you have somebody who leads worship for you? I know we've, jokingly said that your group isn't very musical, <laughs> uh, but I know your church is uh, because you've got a great worship leader there. Uh, so what does that look like for your retreats? Yeah, no, I, I mean, our, our youth group, uh, I've got some some real talent there and they, they lead on a regular basis. And so um, right now we're blessed in that way. So I'll have three, at least three guys who will, who will lead through oh, awesome. worship there. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll, I'll, I'll set them on, you know, let them do that. The difficult with that, you know, I, I've thought through like, okay, should I try to bring in somebody different so that those guys don't necessarily have to worry about that part of the retreat and they can just enjoy every other aspect? Essentially, what we're doing is I, I will I will give them, you know, just good direction on how many songs, when to think about playing, all this kind of thing. And I'll try to make it to the point where it's not just overbearing on them so they can really enjoy the weekend. I don't want them to feel just a, a huge pressure to where they're just having to try to perform. I want them to really enjoy the weekend, but yeah, that I, I think you can go either way there. But for us, because we have guys um, who will lead, I, I think it's good for them to lead in that setting. Um, I think it's just a, it's a different setting than, than what's normal on Wednesday night. Right. And I think it'll stretch them honestly, uh, as I, as I put them in that spot to, um, to lead in a very worshipful way. Uh, that I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. Well, what else you got for us, Chris, with logistics? Uh, you know, another thing I jotted down is like we have a small youth group, uh, and it, it's not. And I know there's people out there that have smaller ones, you know. And sometimes you think about, okay, I'd really like to have a retreat, but I really don't know how many people I'd have. I don't know if I can have enough people to justify, you know, going to a to a retreat center and and all of this. And so I, what I would, you know, just encourage you to do as you are planning and thinking and dreaming about this is think about other churches that are in your area that have smaller youth groups and mm. see if you can't just partner together and, and, and invite them to come and to be a part and to get some of their people in their church involved. And, um, you know, just, just think through that. Don't be afraid to invite others. I mean, kids are going to want to invite others, other you know friends and things like that too. But for yourself, be be willing, being open to inviting uh, and partnering with with other churches. You know, I, I think one of the things that we should also think about if we're in a larger church, and I say larger, <laughs> um, very loosely, if we're in a church with a, a youth group and we've got uh, some numbers and some resources, but we are connected through our local associations to say a smaller church. Uh, that maybe has one or two students and a, a person who's trying to work with them. And I would say, invite them along, you know, try to encourage them, be that, that help, you know, get the, their leadership involved in, in planning as much as you can. But 
I think that's a great way for us to express love and care and concern for a church that maybe just doesn't have the ability to do that. They, they're afraid to ask or put together something. And so I'd just throw that out there that there are a lot of, I don't want to say little guys because we're all, <laughs> we're all smaller churches, <laughs> smaller than we were before the pandemic. And so uh, just be an encouragement to some of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, like, so I, 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 just to reiterate this, you know, we have several churches in our area I have good relationship with, and, and I know that they, um, they have, you know, a smaller youth group than us. I mean, mainly right. because we're in a very, you know, we're in a rural setting. And so there's a lot of smaller churches, you know, just kind of quote unquote in the sticks. Um, that's the kind of church I grew up in. And I grew up in a very small youth group. And I, I just try to keep those guys in mind, not not as if I am the the big dog who has it all together, but just to think, you know, their most of their events are centered around the summer. Um, and so Let's invite, let's invite those. I mean, I know those kids and I've seen them in schools, uh, you know, let's invite them just to come and be a part of this weekend together, you know, and some of them will, some of them won't, uh, just depending on the schedule, but I at least want them to know that, um, they are, I mean, let's do this together, you know, let's, let's partner together. Um, and as BMA for people who don't know, you know, that terminology, we are Baptist missionary association. Um, and so I just, truly associating with other churches, I think is just in our DNA. And uh, I love that. And that's what I want to do. Well, Chris, last time you did mention though, that uh, a retreat often is for your group, you know, in comparison to a conference or something else. So I think that that probably needs to take the priority, but when possible, extend those invitations. That's what we're saying here today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point. And, and really what I'm saying is not trying to get just a huge crowd. Right. I'm, just, I'm just saying like, you know, sometimes you, you need you need to partner with other churches in order to get the numbers that would justify getting a retreat center. That's yeah. part. I think yeah. that's something to think through. But then, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, just invite others to come along with you um, in that in that idea. But yes, as I think about content, as I think about the speaker, I'm, I'm planning for my group. I'm thinking about, okay, where, uh, wh- what do we need to teach on in this very, mm-hmm. um, you know, focused setting? And, uh, and, and with that, I, I think is, you know, another point to be made in terms of content is depending on when you're planning the retreat, which most of the time, I see retreats planned either at the beginning of the year during the winter months or near the end of the year in those fall-like months, right? Uh, I, I rarely see retreats happen in the summer because of all the other things that are going on. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so think about the timing of your retreat and and maybe the tone that you're trying to set. So like for, for me, we're having a retreat in February. And so part of my thought process is, during that focus time together, we've got the content laid out. But as a as a youth pastor, how can I set the tone for 2023 in this setting? In other words, can I can I somehow encourage and, and really um, cast a vision during this time for our group as we move back into our uh, our normal lives after that weekend is over, and and for us all to with unity move forward together in, in this, in this thought. Um, and so, you know, just think through that Think Don't, don't take the timing of the event 
for granted. Be able to, you know, really lead your students in a particular way um, that will that will be formative in the weeks following the retreat. So we're we're thinking about uh, content, um, what we want it to be like, what we want it to do, and even to a degree, what we want to teach. Uh, I think that you have stressed that it it is very much your group focused. Um, you, you have taken the time, you've prayed about it, you you've sought out what your group needs, and hey, let's do that. Before we finish up with content, though, I, I do have more of a logistical question. What do you think about taking the retreat time-wise? Is it a, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event for you and your group? Or is it something that um, you try to finish up by Saturday so you're back for church on Sunday? What does that look like? Yeah, great question um, and a hard one because I don't have a clear answer to that, Dan, other than I would encourage any listener out there who's wanting to do a retreat. And by the way, I think it's clear at this point, um, but in case you're you're still uh, maybe deceived, like neither one of us are experts on hosting a retreat. I mean, we're, <laughs> we've, I've done it a few times. I'm still learning. And so like if you're listening and you're like, man, I hear what you're saying, but I might disagree. Like, don't be afraid. Like, I, I welcome that. So, man, comment, you know, on Facebook. Let us know what's working for you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, interact with us here. Like I, I'm not coming at, at this from an, from an expert point of view, but what I would say to that and what I've learned is that there, there are certain times of the year where a retreat works better. Um, and, and I've also pitched the idea to parents, to my parents, you know, and I, and I think it's good to do this maybe not every year, but in, in the generation of the youth group that you have to, to go ahead and be talking to those parents and saying, Hey, what works best for you guys in the life that you have right now? And cause well, just a good example, um, this retreat that we're getting ready for in February, I originally wanted to have it in the week between Christmas and new year's day, right? Mm, yeah. In 2022, you know, Christmas fell on Sunday, new year's day was on the first. And so I was thinking, man, that week just seems like a dead week kids are out of school and, and I could probably get a retreat, you know, place where we could do like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, not have to worry about dealing with a, a weekend. You know, there's no basketball or other sports going on other than maybe just some, some road practices and things like that. And so I was like, in my mind, I was like, man, this is going to be great. And, and I sent, I sent a message out to my parents and I just said, Hey, here's what I'm looking at. Um, I'd really like to do this. And I'd really like, and I way I pitched it to them, is I, I told them I'd really like to pick a time where uh, w- that we could do this on repeat each year so that it's not constantly changing on you guys, but it just becomes expected, hey, this is the time of the year where our student ministry is going to be doing the retreat. And I was like, this seems like a good time. What do you think? And I got back really surprising responses saying that week just isn't good for us. You know, we don't like that week. That, that just won't work. And part of it's because, Christmas is still going on. People are meeting with family and friends and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force that. And so, uh, and then I just pitched the question, all right, well, what about January or February, which month works better? So I just kind of talked to my parents, say, Hey, what, what works for your schedules? What looks good here? And the majority of them said that, um, you know, February, it, it works. Well, that, that means that school's back in session. And so now you have to look at a weekend. You're not going to take kids out of school for this. And so that's that's essentially how I came down to the, the schedule that I've got of where we, we will start on a Friday night. We'll have an all-day Saturday. 
And then the decision that we made is actually to spend the night Saturday and we're close enough to where we'll be able to load up by say 9 a.m. and get back to our church service for, uh, oh, okay. for yeah. you know, and I've done it before where we, we skip the church service and we, we finish up our retreat on that Sunday and then come home early afternoon. But I just decided that I didn't want to keep people away from our corporate worship. And I felt like, you know, by Sunday anyway, people are ready to kind of start moving out. And uh, so that's a decision that we made this year. So we'll have it Friday night. Uh, I'll, I'll leave with a crew of kids. We'll load up and leave about 4.30, get to the, the retreat center somewhere around 6, 6.30, have that full night of, uh, of everything. And then all day Saturday and then breakfast on Sunday morning, final session, and, uh, and then come on back to church. Ultimately, I would recommend that you talk it over with your lead pastor. <laughs> um, make sure I probably, that... I probably should mention that too. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you, I may have, you may have a, a lead pastor that says, okay, whatever time, uh, this is great. Let's just, you plan it out. But you also may have a, a lead pastor that says, hey, Sunday corporate worship is non-negotiable. Yeah. And we, we want you back. And so if that means that it's shorter, it's shorter. And so I, I think you could make an argument either way because it's something out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, both Chris and I believe very much in corporate worship and the, the value of the gathered uh, body. And so uh, just make sure that you're on the same page as your lead pastor as you go forward. And uh, because if not, that, that'll cause problems down Absolutely. the road. Absolutely. Hey, and there's nothing wrong um, with, especially if, you, if it's your first time doing this and you want to just try it out. Like nobody says that you have to do two nights. No one even says that you have to do one night. I mean, you right. can find a location and just spend a, a all day Saturday there and, and, and do something like that. I mean, so there, I think there's options here. Uh, don't, I don't want to imply that it has to look this way. Um, but, you know, I, I think a, a Friday night into a Saturday is a great option to try um, if you're willing to spend the night somewhere and can afford it. But, um, man, if you can find a place where you can just say, you know what, we're going to get away on this Saturday and we're going to go to this location and we're going to have, you know, even if you just have you know four to five hours to, to get away and, and have a prayer retreat or just to unplug for that amount mm, of time. Yeah. I mean, again, nobody says that you have to do it a particular way. Um, I think it all comes back to the heart of why you're doing it. And, and we've, you know, we've beat around this, or at least I have going back to what I see is why a retreat is different is I see it as a going deeper into discipleship rather than a weekend of evangelism. Right. So in other words, that's where I'm so focused on my group. I mean, I will, we will share the gospel, but we want to lead students into deeper um, areas of joy in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of what I'm leading and going for in, in a retreat setting. Whereas in a D-NOW or a conference or a, a camp, there tends to be a much a, a bigger emphasis on evangelism of, you know, knowing that there's a lot of lost people there and you want them to hear the gospel and respond and repent of their sin and believe in Christ. Whereas in a retreat, I, I want to lead my kids into just a, a deeper area of joy in Jesus. Well, Chris, as, as we wrap up today, we've talked about retreats. I think that we've covered a, a lot of different things. And again, as Chris mentioned, we're not experts, but we, we're guys who have, have been through th- some things so far, and we'd love to hear back from you. We'd love for you to share some of those things, whether it's on our 
Facebook uh, group or in other ways. Just send us an email. We'd love for that. Uh, info at studentministrymatters.com and let us know what you're doing. We'd love to share those things. Yes. In fact, we'd love for you to give a rating and review and just tell us how you found us, how we're helping you, or ways that we could be better. Man, that's what we want to do is just to be here and to share some things that you can gain from. So as, as we finish, Chris, anything else you want to add about a retreat that we haven't covered? I'll say this, and this is quick. It's, it's just a tip, right? Um, it's something I'm preparing to do. But take, as a leader, underneath those main sessions and just throughout the weekend, man, take good notes with the purpose of sending a good follow-up uh, letter or email to all the parents of your students. Mm, Let them, give them an opportunity to be able to have conversations about the things that went on at the retreat, you know, for their student. And so I, I think this is where we integrate um, our, our families into the mix and, and knowing that there's, there's brokenness all over the place, but um, do the due diligence of, of taking good notes, even forming them into maybe, certain follow-up questions that parents can ask their kids as they're going down the road in the car or sitting around the living room or the dinner table. Um, so in other words, think about your follow-up for the weekend. Yeah. And I would, I would add, think about that even before the event. If yep. you're able to say, if you're going to have several sessions on X, you know, whether it's evangelism or specific di discipleship or whatever you're looking at, think about questions in advance and then have, have someone, one of those other parents or one of those other adults that are there, uh, listen with that intent as well. Um, get them because they may see things in a slightly different angle. And so just a lot of, a lot of good things you can do. I think with both Chris and I, we, we desire for you to be intentional. Think through these things, plan them out. Don't just go into it, um, <laughs> old phrase, willy nilly. You know, <laughs> you want to take some time um, so that you can uh, really impact your students mm -hmm. and let them know um, one that you care about them, two that that Jesus cares about them. Um, and really, that should be reversed. But um, we just we want you to take some time thinking about what you're doing. Be intentional, love on those students. And we'll keep doing all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.